right? That's right. And sometimes you get caught up in the emotion too, right? Where this person that has a distressed property or maybe it's just they have a distressed life and you want to help someone. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. It is Sarah Larby here with my wonderful co-host, Alfonso Salemi. Hey, how are you? Good, Sarah. Good, Sarah. How are you doing? Good, good. What's new today? Well, it's the long weekend coming up and excited about that. I know you're celebrating a birthday, so that's good. A new year and new beginnings, which is awesome. So yeah, lots of lots of new things. Spring has kind of been delayed in coming. So yeah, trying to still enjoy some weather, but the rent owns are rocking and rolling. We're seeing so many more applicants coming in now. The spring, I guess if you want to call it market and a lot more people interested in moving. So yeah, we're keeping rocking and rolling and, and finding more clients. How about you? What are you up to? What's new? Yeah, so I am taking a week off for the long weekend. I'm super excited and uh, we're going to be at the cottage. We are going to enjoy our time on the water and canoeing. And I think it's supposed to be like 26 degrees on Sunday. Finally, <laughs> I can wear shorts and get some suntan going on. But yeah, I love summer. I actually like Part of why I do real estate, I don't know if you know this, is that I can have the freedom to travel while it's winter time so I can get out of this horrible winter weather in Canada that we have. Some people love it. I personally just can't stand it. So I prefer to like, you know, one day be from like, let's just call it October to May, somewhere nice and warm on a beach or just nice and warm doesn't have to be a beach. But that is what actually a lot of the reason why I love real estate because it gets me a step closer to that goal. Yes, yes, and yes. Sign me up for that. Like I always say, you know what? I'll leave in Thanksgiving and I'll come back around Easter. That's what I want to push towards and, and, and get away from. I love Canada. Amazing country. Amazing great things. Not so much a big fan of the cold winter weathers. I like being able to put on a pair of flip-flops, pair of shorts, and just walk out the front door instead of like bundling it up and all that kind of stuff. But absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's whatever it is, whatever that goal is, if it is traveling, if it's more time with your family, if it's whatever that is, right? If it's getting that, that shiny object, like, you know, I know some people love cars and they work on their hobbies and that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. We definitely share in common is that's, that's the main goal is being able to, you know, do enough where then you can kind of unplug for a little while as well too, and, and just enjoy it. So I think, I don't know if we talk about that enough, just kind of unplugging because it's always go, 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 go. And, and we're always got a project on the go. We're always trying to grow. We're always trying to figure out, you know, new things for the right club, different projects for our own businesses and what the next thing is. So yeah, don't forget to to take a step back and take a deep breath and, and enjoy that. So, and I'm so happy that, uh, that you're going out and doing that this week. That that's amazing. Absolutely. I will be a little bit slower to respond to your requests for Right Club stuff, but (laughs) (laughs) I I am probably still going to be checking my my stuff just because part of what I enjoy doing and it doesn't feel like work is the Right Club. And I don't feel like it's work when I'm doing it. So I enjoy and these podcasts are pretty cool too. I can't deny. It's (laughs) It's so true, Sarah. And you know what? Like when they say you never have to work a day in your life if you enjoy what you do, right? And and I think that's that's a cool part is just recently, you know, we met with 
Daniel and Sarah, and we had, I don't know, like a four or five hour meeting. And it's, you know, so many things are upon the horizon that, that we're talking about and building out and, and the new season that's going to start in September and wrap around till June of 2020. The cool things that we got on the go, you guys are in store for amazing, amazing things that we have planned and some cool partnerships with some really cool strategic people that we're going to be working with and presenting on our stage and other amazing things. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention, so there's a few amazing things coming up in the Right Club on June the 15th. I'm really excited about it. We have a rent-to-own and private lending day. That's really cool. And yeah, and obviously the, uh, the June 18th event. And one of our speakers at the event is uh, Sean Allen. So really, really pumped about what's coming up, but really, really good podcast today with, with Sean as well. Absolutely. He had a corporate job and started flipping houses. Now for the last five years, he's been flipping full time. 30 properties a year is what he's doing in terms of volume at this point. Like this guy, when I think of flipping Canadian flippers, I think of him as one of the top. He does wonderful work. He is also the founder of a great real estate investing club in London that we will talk about. Guys, if you haven't been out there, you're going to want to go out there as well. If you're in the London area, or even if you're not, make the trip. It is worth it. He's got great events. And I'm really excited because Sean likes to give back and he likes to give information. He likes to provide knowledge. And so I'm really looking forward to the June 18th event. Absolutely. And it goes exactly on to cue of what we always talk about on the stages and the events is real people doing real things. Sean is not this like flipper education class. He is out there doing it every single day. So for you guys that want to do your first flip or your fifth flip or your 20th flip, this guy has done it. He's seen a lot. He has walked through some crazy properties. There's one property he told about that was just really easy as well. So really, really looking forward to the June 18th event. Sean is going to share his information, his knowledge, his experiences of what he's been doing the last few years. And yeah, getting up to that amount of properties, definitely, definitely some wisdom in that. And we really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you do like it, please don't be afraid to rate and review it. And email us, let us know what you want to hear more of, and look forward to hearing from you guys. All right, let's get on with the show. All right, and welcome to the show, Sean Allen. How are you doing today? I'm awesome, thank you. That's good, Sean. That's good, Sean. We're really excited to have you on. We know that you are uh, definitely an active member of the Right Club community. You have your own networking group. You're doing lots of amazing things that we're going to get through today, but... uh, for those that uh, haven't met you and uh, don't know much about you, why don't you give us a little bit of a background about yourself? Sure. So my name is Sean Allen, and basically I've been investing in real estate for about 12 years, I'd say. My original sort of career before that was working in an automotive plant and human resources, so it was kind of a corporate gig. I worked there for 18 years, um, but was looking obviously for something more that didn't really have a ceiling as to what I could do, the amount of money I could make. You know, I was looking for some freedom. So I started investing in real estate. I started with a flip and then I went into some buy and hold stuff. I quickly found out that I was running out of money very fast and couldn't continue to keep buying these properties. So I started flipping again and then started flipping more and more and more and trying to do more volume. I got to the point where I was comfortable to leave my corporate job and, and dive in full time to investing about uh, five years ago. 
And so I've been investing, doing flips and rentals ever since. And now we're up to about uh, 30, 30 flips a year and, and getting into some more advanced types of, of investing as well. That's amazing. Congratulations, by the way, yeah. for pulling that corporate plug and yes. going all in. Was it scary? It was. I had two steps forward, one step back. Every time I was thinking I was going to pull the trigger and leave, I, and then I got scared and didn't. So I think, you know, and I always tell people to take action, right? But I, it took a lot to, you know, you're sort of handcuffed. You've In a job like that, you've got security in, in your paycheck, you've got security in pension, you got security in benefits. And to go out full time is kind of scary, but I knew that in order to get where I wanted to go, I, I couldn't stay and do both. I had to dive in full time. So. That's awesome. Now, yeah. you're known as the flip guy. I mean, if anybody talks to me about flips, I'm like, go talk to Sean, go talk to Sean. Like, he's doing it. You've got 30 a year that you're doing a year. How are you doing 30 a year? I mean, sometimes I, I do some, I do the burn, I'm renovating, and I'm like, I don't even know how I would be able to do so many at once. <laughs> Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, it's uh, well, it's challenging, and and for the most part, it's it's been mainly just me that's sort of been running everything on the side. I mean, obviously, we've got lots of trades, and we've got investors, and, and all that stuff. But in terms of actually finding the deals and and putting things together, it, for the most part, it it was me. Now I've hired people, and we're starting to build a team because we want to go even further. It's really, it's challenging, number one, because you have to find the right people. And as you know, with contractors, it's difficult to maintain people on jobs and they don't want to go from, typically they don't want to go from city to city. And my scope has been really not in just one town, but it's been all over Southwestern Ontario. So a lot of times I have to find local contractors, which is a challenge in itself. So it's just time management. It's, it's a lot of hours. It's perseverance, just getting it done, I guess. No, just a quick question. What's the one thing you hate the most? We'll get into all the different periods, but but all oh, what is what's the one thing you hate the most about about doing the doing the flipping? I'd say it's contractors. I mean, and I'm not saying I hate contractors because I love a lot of contractors, but it's it's really difficult when you're when you don't have people in house, right? So you don't have your own contracting crew. So you're relying on other people and their crews to do things that you need to have done all the time, right? When you get to the volume that I've got, you've got eight or nine or 10 projects on the go at one time. That's a lot of different people. It's a lot of different crews. It's a lot of different personalities, right? So there's times when that challenge is overwhelming and you lose people and you, you lose money. But yeah, I think that's number one. If I can flip a switch and, and snap my fingers, I would have a magical contracting crew that did everything I asked when I asked on all my jobs. So that'd be great. Yeah. I know, it'd be the dream come true. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and the reason I ask that is I hate the whole construction side of things. One of my first jobs yeah. out of, well, I was thinking I was still in elementary school going to high school was, was working on a job site. And I knew that if it was like, if it was a two week job and it was a thousand bucks, it was probably going to be about three and probably about 1500 or double the price, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and managing the schedules and contracts. And, and a lot of, the, you know, if you're the better the tradesperson, what I've found is the harder they are to book or the more lead time that you need to get those trades at those jobs. That's part of it, right? So for a lot of the stuff that we get, we're buying distressed properties, right? And obviously we're, we're buying these houses that are distressed or the, or the owner's distressed and, and we have to close on these quickly. So, so oftentimes when you find a house, you, you get the lead, you buy it, you close all within two to three weeks. 
but you don't want that house to sit idle because you really theoretically want to start working on that house day one when you close, right? So in order to get a crew booked, quoted, and in there within two to three weeks, and like you said, the good ones are already busy doing something. So that makes, that's the, that's the challenge, right? And that's what we find oftentimes, especially when we're getting into the eight, nine, 10 flips at once. It's like coordinating an orchestra, right? Having all the, the right notes at the right time. And, and that, that's, yep. uh, yeah, that's got to be quite a bit of a challenge. So, so talk about when, when you're going out and you said it's all you or it's been all you up until recently and, and you're going out and looking for properties. What are some of the ways that you find these properties or what are some tips or strategies that you use or things that you've implemented? Yeah, and I, you know, I hear all the time, there's no deals out there, you can't find anything, and people are frustrated because they can't find anything on MLS. Well, I, 20% of the deals I still do, I, I say I would find on MLS, and the remainder I'm generating leads privately, right? So I'll talk about MLS first. On the MLS side, oftentimes it's not really the deal that you find, it's the deal that you make, right? So if you find, like, it's it's sort of cliche that when you're looking on MLS, you're looking for stuff that says needs some TLC, needs a bit of work, needs it's a polished stone, right? That needs your your touch and stuff like that. And all the flippers and all the wannabe people that want to get into the game see all this and that's what they're going for, right? And so it gets bid up and bid up and bid up. And, and oftentimes it goes past the point where you can't buy it at a price to make money. So it's really difficult on the MLS to do that, especially in today's environment. So you kind of have to find stuff that people overlook on MLS, right? So either it's written up poorly, so the the description is is done wrong or it's in the wrong category. I'll give you an example, I just bought a property that was listed on the commercial side, but it actually had three residential houses on the same lot, right? So people looking for a residential home to flip wouldn't be on that commercial side of the MLS looking for it. So I think it got overlooked and it was undervalued. So that's just a deal that was kind of made, not found, right? That is pretty good. And that's what you're going to have to do to, to get 30 a year <laughs> at some point. Now, yeah. how many offers are you making? Like how many offers are you putting in? How many are getting accepted? How many are getting rejected? Well, for the most part, I think in the last few years, it's been a pretty good ratio. I mean, the ones that we find, we know are distressed and... And we're able to put in an offer that, that gets negotiated pretty good. I'd say we're putting in 10 offers and, and getting one accepted. As we, we've we just started a huge marketing play with our stuff right now. So I, I would anticipate that that number is going to go up. Like the ratio is going to go down, right? So we'll be putting in a lot more offers, looking at a lot more houses and getting less accepted. And that's just because when you sort of mass market, you're going to get people that are just fishing. They want to see if they can get someone to, to buy their house at market value or whatever. And that's not our game. We're not buying things at market value. We're buying distressed houses that need work, right? To add value to them. Yeah. And, you know, I know you said you're across in different market areas and in yeah. different cities. So does that pose a challenge? Are, are you on sites or, or like, how are you managing? <laughs> yeah, that's the big thing, right? And uh, here's a plug. We're looking for a good project manager that can go around to all these things because right now it is me, right? And we're driving around to the mall and we're trying to make sure the contractors are doing, first of all, that they're there, they showed up and that they're doing the right thing. And I think there's a lot of inefficiency in that, right? So I'll be the first one to admit that there's a lot of problems by doing it that way. You know, you miss stuff or your contractor missed stuff because there's miscommunication and you weren't there, stuff like that. So right now it's just me driving around and yeah, it, it's, uh, it takes a lot of time. It's, it's full days just driving job to job. 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because last year you were at my cottage and then you're like, I just bought a cottage on the lake next, next to it. <laughs> just like, yeah. wow, this guy is like, I don't like to pass up opportunity. Right. So when I was at your cottage, I was looking around to see what else was available. And I found, I found an amazing deal. But again, that's a, that's a really good segue because I'm having the same issues because I'm so far away. It's tough to manage. Right. But, uh, you know, we get through it and the value is there so much that these little challenges, sure they add up, but the end result is you're still making a good money and, and a good deal off of it, right? Is there yeah. a limit to where you're going to drive? Like, would you buy something in Thunder Bay and go there or are you looking at within, I don't know, three hours of driving? Yeah, the goal it really is about, we're trying to do a radius of an hour of where we are. That always doesn't, doesn't always work, right? We have gone outside of that radius. But a lot of times it's it's in an area where I know I can put people in or it's easy to get to. Now, I probably wouldn't buy something in Thunder Bay unless I had some contacts up there, but you're able to manage flips. I know lots of people that do flips in the States and they live in Canada, right? So it can be done. You just have to have different systems in place. And what a true action taker, real estate investor on, on vacation and still going out and, and looking at properties. That's, I love that. That's awesome. It's like, I think we always talk about that is right. We're trying to design that life that we don't need a vacation from. Right. So yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. And I know earlier in the year you had uh, got officially married and you were on vacation yes. and you were showing the laptop, right. With the, the nice view on some of the pictures on social media there. So always working, right? Yes. I was still on MLS when I was uh, in Bora Bora. So there you go. Nice, nice. <laughs> that right. looked like an amazing trip, by the way, on my bucket <laughs> <Yes>. list. <laughs> Un unbelievable. I highly recommend it to anybody. The most beautiful place I have ever been to in my life. Amazing. Wow, wow. And so I think how are you getting all the financing for all these properties? I mean, they're obviously distressed houses. This is probably not a typical A lender type of bank. Walk us through that and then maybe how you got started. And then yep. now that you've got 30 a year, how are you doing the financing on that? Yeah. And I think Alfonso talked about what's the frustration. Number one, I think contractor. Number two is the money side of it, right? So when I first started, I was working full time and I had a good corporate gig. And obviously there's a lot of power behind that when you go to the bank. So the first few I was able to easily finance and there wasn't an issue. But as I got more and more into it, the bank started to sort of back away. Number one, because they didn't like the perceived risk of flipping. Right. So once they found out that I kept doing this and kept doing this and kept doing this and I wasn't holding on to the property, it started to become an issue getting financing. And then really when volume started to happen and I was getting more and more and more traditional bank, the banks just weren't there for me. So I had no option to use them. I had frustrated myself with the traditional banks like the big five. I had frustrated myself with the B lenders. So then we had to go basically straight to private lending. And that's all we do right now. We use private funds for all of our deals. And yeah, so in a perfect world, I would love to have one guy that can finance every single thing I have. So it's one-stop shopping, so, so to speak. But right now it's many lenders, you know, we just sort of have to piece things together as we go. And I think that's why, you know, we talk about at the right club is networking and meeting the right people. And maybe it's not that specific person in the room that has that, the big coffers or the, the big money chest, but maybe you meet somebody that knows somebody, right? And, and I know you're Absolutely. a huge proponent of networking in London, Ontario. You have your own networking group as well too, Onria. And yeah. uh, we'll put some information about that as well too in the show notes. Right. Yeah, that's probably got to be a, a big help, meeting people and, and being authority because you are helping so many people as well too, get into investing, taking that next step. 
But what are some other ways outside of networking that you've been able to find some of that partners? Yeah, originally, so when I was doing my corporate gig, I mean, obviously I had colleagues, right? And they saw what I was doing and they were interested in real estate, but not really interested in the toilets and, and the tenants, right? But they wanted to make money. So seeing what I was doing, they were asking about it and you're there all day, right? So you, you find all these people that are interested and you talk about it and they find they start to get interested and that's how you, you find your first investors, at least for me, family, it's friends, it's colleagues, right? I think your inner circle, uh, your closest center of influence is, is by far the first place that you go to. And then once you start to establish yourself and you prove yourself, these people start talking to their friends and their family and their colleagues, right? And so it's just by word of mouth where people understand what you do, they trust you because they trust that other person, right? People won't give you money based on the job you're doing or the property. They give you money based on you, right? So can they trust you? Do they like you? Do you have a good track record? And then it just builds from there. And it just sort of that center of influence gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And like you said, hopefully at that point, some of those guys are, are a little bit bigger and they have a little bit bigger coffers that they can, they can do more, right? Absolutely. Your reputation is everything in this industry. What yep. is the cost nowadays, I mean, in 2019 of using private money? I mean, obviously I know it varies, but on yeah. average, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, I mean, there's a huge swing. You can go anywhere from four to 14% on a first mortgage. Seconds, you know, anywhere from, this is my experience anyway, seconds anywhere from say eight to 16, and then it goes up from there, right? When you're looking at other private money. Right. Now, so are you using a first mortgage and a second mortgage and then money, like your own money for the renos or is that all private money? Yeah, it depends where it comes from. So if, a lot of times if it's RSP money, there's a limit to how much you can put on that mortgage, right? Some of the trust companies will go to 100%, some will go a little bit less. So then you have to make up the, either that down payment on the rentals with your own money or some other way of putting on a second mortgage or whatever. But if you're using a straight cash, my preferred way of doing things is that that lender is going to put a first on a first mortgage for the entire purchase price plus all the rental money. So you're covered and you don't have to go back. You're not sort of digging for more. That whole project is covered from front to end. So for those listening to the podcast that would maybe are thinking that, hey, I same thing as maybe the, like you mentioned, your colleagues that want to invest, but maybe don't actually want to do all the, all the things that are involved with it or yeah all that kind of stuff. How long are these projects? What are their responsibilities? How do you kind of manage the relationship with them throughout the project? Talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So for the most part, I mean, as an investor, when you're putting on a mortgage on a property, really it's just about supplying that cash. And then we take care of all the lawyer stuff. All they really have to do is supply the cash, go in and sign the documents. A typical flip for me is about six months. So from the time that I close on the property, when I'm buying it to the time when I close on it, when it's sold is usually about six months. Now that can vary. Obviously it can be anywhere from three to uh, I've had, a, I've had some that have been a year for various reasons. Right. But typically it's six months and, and really the only responsibility they have, they're not involved with the the property itself i don't expect them nor do i really want them to come to the job site and too many chefs in the kitchen type thing i just want them to be getting a good return supply the money get a good return and rinse and repeat right right absolutely now do you do any joint ventures or is it strictly just using private capital yeah i've done joint ventures in the past that's not my preferred strategy my preferred strategy is strictly just you know supplying the return 
Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So obviously flipping has its pros and cons and uh, it's got its hidden dangers as well. (laughs) You probably lost, you've made, I'm sure you've made a lot of money and I'm sure there's some properties that you're like, "Mm, you know what, this one didn't go so well. Can you tell us one of the potentially worse opportunities that you're like, if I can help people out there, right? Club Nation listeners not make the same mistake. What would that look like? Absolutely. I don't, I mean, pretty much anybody who's done the volume that I've done is going to have challenges, right? And it's not all rainbows and lollipops, right? There is issues. I've lost money on a couple of projects, not very much, but I mean, anything less than making money is not really a success, right? So I think the number one thing really is you have to make sure that you're buying properly. So know your numbers, make sure that you're not overreaching. And so I'll just give you an example. If, if you look at a property and you find out what the ARV is, so the after repair value, and that's you know your basic number to move everything back from, right? So you find that out, you take all your rental money out that you're going to spend, all the fees, everything, and you find out this is the, the dollar value that I need to buy this property for. And let's say that's 200000 okay? And a lot of times people will stretch that to get a deal. And I've been guilty of that in the past, right? Where I maybe not had a project on the go and I'm looking for something. And so that 200 slowly creeps up to, oh, I'll just pay 205 or I'll just pay 207. Well, there goes all your profit and there goes all your buffer in case something went wrong, right? So I think the biggest challenge for people, especially when they get started is don't reach for something. Sometimes the best deal that you got is the deal that you let go. Uh, no, that that's some great advice. I know starting when we were doing the rent to owns as well too, right? We were looking to keep on building and building and we're like, oh, that's that's a great one or you make it a yeah. great one, right? People say, you know, numbers don't lie, but the people that write them down do sometimes, right? That's so, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh, that's great. So maybe tell us about a like a, a great story, like a, maybe one of your favorite projects that you've done or that you've worked on. Well, I got, you know, a funny story is one that I really didn't do anything on. So I had, obviously, you know, in this industry, it's a pretty small industry when you look at it, or the population of people doing what we're doing it, to the general public is pretty small, right? So you know all the people, not all of them, but you know a lot of the people that are doing the same thing. So I had a colleague who bought a house, he got a lead, wholesale it to someone, and then who's wholesale it to me which I then purchased on, did nothing to it, and then sold to contractors. And so everyone made money along the way, including the contractors who are going to take that property and have the end result when it's finished, right? So I think that's a great story, right? There's, there's money to be made, even if you're leaving more money for someone else, right? So we don't have to be greedy. We can all work together and still make money. So I, I really like that story because it shows the power of, you know, number one, networking, right? Because all those, all those people knew each other and were familiar with each other and the power of making money for everybody. Absolutely. Really, really well said. That is amazing. So you've done a lot. You've got lots of great stories. You've got some potential deals that you didn't make a lot of money on. Are there specific numbers that you look for, like a certain ROI percentage or specific profit numbers before you go ahead and you pull the plug on or the trigger yeah. on a deal? Yeah. So um, when I'm looking at my numbers, basically because we do so much volume. So when we're doing 20 or 30 flips, I don't mind having a lower amount or a minimum amount of profit to make. So for me, 25,000 profit per deal is a minimum. So if I, and I pad my numbers when I'm trying to to figure out how much it's going to cost so that I have some extra buffer in there. So my 25 might actually really be 30, but I would say, you know, I'll do a deal. I'll pull the trigger if I think I can make 25,000 on that. 
Yeah, that's great. And being, like you said, being disciplined to that and, and following through and not stretching and, and having to have like 17 things go perfectly to plan just to get to that minimum and, and being disciplined. That's, I think, the key part. And, and as you get more and more experience, right, then you can turn away and say, okay, no, that's, that's not going to do it. Or I've seen something like this before. For, right so for sure and yeah. even with even the most experienced guys still have issues right like I've uh, I myself just had a deal we're just finishing up right now it's gonna be an amazing house but I had really bad contractor experience that cost me a ton of money and a ton of stress and, and issues so it's not not just the guys starting out I think people at all levels still have those challenges as well so you do it a lot when it comes to education and helping others and training and you have your own club as well. Can you talk to us about why you started the club, what the club's all about and just whatever information that people can take with them to attend? Yeah, absolutely. My wife, Jen, and I, we run Onria, so the Ontario Real Estate Investors Association, and we run that in London, Ontario. So it's a monthly meetup, much like you guys have at the Right Club. And essentially what it is, it's a networking event, it's an education event, it's a place for like-minded people to go to have the same sort of community, right? So we want people to be inspired, we want people to get some education, we want people to engage. And more importantly, we want people to take action, right? So many people are going to these different clubs and maybe go from club to club or forum to forum and not really taking action. And, and that's what we want to see, right? So uh, we actually just started our, our last meeting was this week and we started a new thing out there where we're sort of promoting local investors and having them come up and tell their story. And so for a few minutes, come up and say who they are, how they got started and what they're doing now in hopes to inspire the people that are there that are just starting out to see that, yes, you can do it in this market. And yes, these people are approachable if you want to go talk to them and find out what they did. That's a really good idea. <laughs> you can't steal uh, that. Uh, I know. I was <laughs> like, hmm. well, we're stealing all your stuff. You can't take ours. <laughs> And that's, and that's amazing though, because I know I'm back and forth. I've been going to London now for, geez, probably over 10 years back and forth. And, and it's kind of, I love that little, that Southwestern, that London area, I call it the little big city, right? Where yeah. it's got a lot of, a lot of people doing a lot of different things. And I, I've been in those honorary rooms a whole bunch of times, a bunch of meetings, just really good people. And that does start with you and Jen right at the top that you guys do care about the people that are coming through the rooms and you want to give them more value. And for the price to, to walk in, man, like if you're not getting that value instantly, having three, four conversations, right? I think it's more on you than, than the club. But yeah, you're, you're bringing in amazing speakers and awesome presentations and really cool rooms. So good on you for that. I know, you know, Sarah and I, we talk about it with, with Daniel and Laurel, how sometimes it can be a thankless job getting yeah. all the people in and it's not, you know, the most profitable type of business, but seeing people grow because now it's been, well, it's been almost, is it two years, I guess now almost? Yeah, cause, almost. Two and a half, I guess. Well, I'm not saying even for Sean, right? For the club, as you can see, people that have gone through and they first started off as brand new learning and then they get up, pick up different things and then they also, they grow their portfolio, they grow themselves personally. So that's the rewarding part. I'm not sure if it's, you know, you feel the same. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're just over a year now since we started ours. But yeah, it's really uh, satisfying when you have someone that come up and say, I started coming to your event last year and I actually just bought my first property because I've been coming here and it's something I learned from one of the speakers, right? It's amazing, right? Like these people, they're, they're looking for knowledge, right? And 
the reason why we started one in London is because I kept going to all the different groups that were around. I would go to your club. I would go to, you know, Durham. I would go to Toronto. And it's great because I want to be around those people. I want to be around the people that are doing the things that I want to do, right, and that are successful at it. Uh, and in London, there were some groups, but they were less formal. You know, just sort of sitting around chatting, which is great. I still love that as well. But I was looking for something a little more structured. So we decided just to take it upon ourselves to do that, right? And uh, we modeled it uh, a lot after you guys and stole some of your ideas as well. So, <laughs> yeah, and I just think it, it's great. And so people don't have to drive, you know, there still are a lot of people that will still go to the clubs all around, but they also have the opportunity to have that there in, in local, right? So I think Absolutely. it's great. Absolutely. Sharing of ideas, the way to do it. Yeah. We're all a big team at the end of the day. That's right. So you are actually speaking on our stage in June, on June 18th. And I'm yes. really excited. I'm sure Alfonso, you're really excited as well to hear what you are going to present. I'm assuming it's going to be on flipping, but I will let you maybe tell us more about that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's my bread and butter, so I better talk about that. Um, yeah, I, so I'm going to talk about flipping, and it really it's kind of your room is sophisticated. I think there's a mixture of beginners to sophisticated audience, and, and you guys get a great crowd. So I need it to be a little bit more general, but what I'm going to talk about is sort of flipping 101, and I'm going to use just my experiences and what I've been through and what works for me and what doesn't. And I'm going to share some examples of how I found a property, what I did to it, what it looked like based on the numbers, and what was the final outcome, right? So people get a real world sort of look at how do you find a flip, how do you go through it, and what's the outcome. That's going to be amazing. So yeah, that's, that's on June 18th. And, and guys, like we, we've known each other now, Sean, I guess it's almost going over two years since you've been starting coming out to the right club and being out yeah. to London and, and just your, your temperament in general. Like, I feel like I, I say this about a few people, but like you can knit a sweater in like a hurricane because you just, you know, <laughs> they have that calm sense. And, and I guess that's what you essentially are doing is running a hurricane and making and making it go right and, and making it work. And, and actually doing the reverse, not damaging the houses, but <laughs> fixing all these houses, right? So yeah. I'm really excited about it. And if you are looking to, to, to either start or do another flip or find a better way or add something to your process, I know you're going to do an amazing job. It's going to be an amazing uh, presentation on June the 18th. So uh, really you. looking forward to it. Absolutely. Come on out, guys. So the next part of this podcast is our famous lightning round. So we're going to ask you, Sean, a series of four questions. Everybody gets the same ones and try to give us an answer within 30 seconds. Are you ready? I think so. It's now time for the lightning round. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Sarah Larby. Sarah's goal is to help other Canadians create wealth and retire earlier through real estate investing. Ever wonder how to find, screen, and manage the very best tenants? Go to www.sarahlarby.com to download her free guide. How about where to invest? If so, Sarah is also giving away a free checklist to determine where you will want to buy your next investment property. Check it out on her website. All right. Excellent. So question number one, Sean, what is the best advice that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? The best advice I ever got was don't reach for a deal. And the best deal sometimes is no deal. I think about that very often when I'm running my numbers. Nice. Nice. Yep. And that's, that's the other thing too, right? When you're going out and buying these properties, you don't have a problem. You don't go have to go and buy a property. Right. And these distressed properties that are, up for sale, they have, you know, the problem or the issue of the property that they want to sell. So you don't have to, you'd like to, 
but you don't have to, right? That's right. And sometimes you get caught up in the emotion too, right? Where this person that has a distressed property or maybe it's just they have a distressed life and you want to help someone, right? So you, you sort of buffer the numbers a little bit just because you feel like helping them. You know, as much as I love helping people, you still have to make sure that you're doing the right thing for yourself. Yeah, you got that right. All right, question number two. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? Right now, I'd say it's uh, networking groups. Yeah, so in the past, I think when I first started, it was books. But right now, it's all about the networking and who you know. Yep, absolutely. 100% agree with that. Question number three, Sean, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? Well, I think Alfonso alluded to it. I think it's just calmness. Um, I think it's you know, sort of staying the course, right? They're not too high, not too low. We all have challenges and we all have emotions, but I think if you can balance that, it goes a long way with keeping your sanity. For sure, for sure. All right, last question of the lightning round. It's a typical Sunday morning. What are you doing? Well, uh, hopefully you're like it's spring right now. So a typical Sunday morning would be uh, get up, have a nice coffee and Bailey's and then go sit out by the pool with the kids and just chill coffee or maybe golf. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. You're yeah. a big golfer, right? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say, maybe not a great golfer, but I like golfing. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. And coffee and Bailey's sounds very good too. <laughs> that's All great right. out awesome. of college, right? <laughs> so Sean, if people wanted to reach out to you or right club nation, wanted to know more about you, where can they go? Uh, yeah. So they can find me. I'm on Instagram. So at Sean Allen, I'm on Facebook, just Sean Allen you can reach me by email at veranda property at hotmail.com. You can also reach me by looking at the Onria page and any channel through Onria. So onria.com and Onria on Facebook as well, which is the Ontario real estate investors association. Fantastic, Sean. And thank you so much for being generous with your time today and joining us on the podcast. Are there any last words of advice or anything that you'd like the Right Club Nation to know? Take action. There's only so much you can do when you're trying to learn. There comes a point where if you don't take action, nothing is going to change, right? So that's my big thing. Take action, learn what you can, but then actually go and execute. Well said. There you go. Take action. That is key. Thank you so much, Sean, for being on our podcast. It was a pleasure and you are always amazing in terms of your, all your insights and congrats on 30 a year. That is pretty incredible. Like you are on fire, you and Jen, both of you. And so I'm uh, really looking forward to having you come back June 18th and thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Wow, what a great conversation with Sean. He's just a real dude doing flips and doing a lot of them. Absolutely. I mean, it is uh, sometimes like some of the scariest parts of real estate to me anyways is flipping because you've got timelines, you've got really, you got to stick to the budget, you've got to stick to so many things and a lot can go wrong, but he's definitely done so many of them that now he's really perfected. I mean, obviously, you know, no one's perfect, but it feels like he's got really good processes and procedures in place and knows how to do this bigger volume, 38 houses a year, 38 flips a year. That's pretty incredible. Even though the one part where he was saying he's got like seven, eight, nine projects on the go at one time. I know when we're just handling that many tenant buyers or applications and it's, it's a whirlwind of information of, okay, what's that next step? And, but he's also managing several people in that process, all the different trades, making sure that they're getting in and out so that next trade is coming in. So 
yeah, you have to have that really good processes to, to be able to handle that many. And to, to keep doing it at that level and doing such a great job, he's just continuing to grow. And the cool thing is he's just a, such a good guy as well and sharing that information and passing that along. And, and again, we mentioned the group out in, in London as well too, Onria, where he's now helping educate other investors to do the same. Absolutely. I, I really had fun today on, on the podcast. It's obviously awesome that it's like a beautiful day outside as well. So I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys for coming out to our club. I want to thank you guys for listening. We wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for the Right Club Nation. I, I really do think that being able to communicate with you guys, to work together. We like I love the emails that we're getting as well and people reaching out to us even on Instagram and just telling us about their stories and what they've been able to accomplish like that is why we do this is just to, to help people grow and I'm really excited for uh, some of the success that we've heard recently yes absolutely absolutely it is so rewarding and we can't thank the right club nation enough it's it's so amazing where we're bringing all these amazing people together in one room and one roof under one roof sharing those knowledges sharing their knowledge, sharing their experience. And we get to, again, have these amazing conversations because I know in passing we see Sean and we've been, I've been lucky enough to, to speak with Sean quite a bit, but all those people that you don't get to meet in that room, we want to showcase you. We want to make sure that your story is being told. You have an amazing story, whether you've done one deal, 10 deals, 100 deals, 1,000 deals, whatever that thing is, whatever that niche is, there's always a way to grow. We are doing it, all of us, together. And I think we are all stronger if, uh, if we are working together. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well said, Alfonso. Now, the other thing I want to say is we have revamped our website. So we've got like a calendar now with all of our future events. So guys, check it out. So there is uh, lots of great things coming up. And we also, we haven't announced it yet, but I think we're going to announce it in June, our social event, which is going to be at a, a winery and it's going to be limited to a certain number of spots. But we would love to have you out there come out and uh, and socialize with us in the summer. It's going to be really fun. But on that note, you know, Alfonso, thank you so much for being a great co-host. I have tons of fun doing this with you. And, you know, sometimes we spend like hours, <laughs> hours a week on this, but it is totally worth it. And I could not think of a better person to do these podcasts with. So thank you. Well, likewise, Sarah, and thank you so much. And I know, you know, when we started this journey, getting on the podcast, I was, I'll say it, a complete chicken of doing this. And, and I didn't even want to be on your podcast initially. And, and I can't thank you enough for pushing me to do this, get out of my comfort zone. And it's been so rewarding. We get to meet so many amazing people, provide amazing value. And you are, some of the questions I'm leaning back and guys, I don't know if you've seen the video on this or not or whatever, but I'm just like, wow, great question. And sometimes I forget that I'm also interviewing and I'm just like listening as well too. So it's, it's awesome, Sarah. Thank you so much. And Bright Club Nation, if you like what you hear, let us know. If you don't, also let us know. And we want to keep improving and continually getting better and have the best of the best of our Right Club Nation on this podcast. So please get at us, reach out, come out to our events, email us. Can't wait to hear more from you guys and see you guys next week. All right. Right Club Nation, come grow with us. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.